Are you looking to buy a home in the next six months? Dr. Stokes, the financial coach, can help you to get home loan financing or refinancing if you are already a home owner. Dr. Janae Stokes can also help you to increase your credit score to get the lowest interest rates available. What are you waiting for? Contact Dr. Janae Stokes today using the links in the description box below. Now with that being said, let's jump right into the episode. Shalom Aleikim everybody. Peace be upon you all, every kingdom citizen of heaven that's listening to this particular podcast episode and those who are applying for citizenship in the kingdom of heaven and for those who are still on the fence I pray that you will seek King Yahweh for yourself and see how beautiful his kingdom of heaven is and come to understand how good the good news really is which is the overall theme and tone and tenor and trajectory of this podcast the good news being change the way you think because the kingdom of heaven has arrived per Matthew or Matitya in the Hebrew chapter 4 article number 17 today I want to come on and share with you all something um, that was given to me and that was revealed to me that I was blessed with in my personal Bible studies um, earlier today. So I was reading Matitya or Matthew 5 uh, and what really was sticking out to me was article 41. And so I want to read that. That's Matitya 5, Article 41 in the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution, which says, And whoever will compel you to go a mile, go with him too. So whoever compels you to go a mile, go with them for two miles. Right? So just to give a little bit more context to this my beloved citizens of heaven and those pursuing citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Give some more context. The morning before I was reading this article in the kingdom of heaven constitution, um, it was a morning where I was, I was feeling invisible It was a morning where I was feeling um, pushed away or insignificant. And it was a morning where I felt like I wanted to uh, retaliate because I was experiencing different microaggressions, right? Um, By someone who I love very dearly. And so... You know, I'm walking to the car and I'm uh, kind of 
pouting like like Yona and kind of huffing and puffing and things of that nature. But King Yahweh, the King of Heaven, he has a very beautiful way of communicating with me and answering the tefillot or the prayers that I pray to him. And I'm realizing that prayer is not a monologue, but it's definitely a dialogue with the King of Heaven. King Yahweh himself. And it's such a beautiful vehicle in which we, he gives us and in which we're able to commune with him on a spiritual level. As citizens of heaven, we're able to communicate with our king, our heavenly father and our creator. So, I was listening to this talk being given and the gentleman, very wise doctor, was giving an illustration in his in his talk. He called somebody up from the audience to punctuate and to accentuate his, his illustration. And he was saying some things that uh, got me curious. And I love to research and I try my best to be a noble Marian Yahudi uh, and to practice uh, Acts 17, Article 11 in the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution. Right to, to give more context to that um, that's when Shaul um, another Israelite citizen of heaven went to uh, Berea and he came upon Bereans there and he realized that these Yahudim are more noble than the Yahudim that he had previously encountered right and you all know me. I have to read it. I have to read it. Uh, section X, subsection 17. Let's start with Article 10. And the brothers immediately sent away Shaul and Silas by night to Berea, who, coming there, went to the synagogue of the Yahudim. These Yahudim were more noble than those in Thessalonica, by those in Thessalonica, Greece. And that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures, right, the kingdom of heaven constitution, daily to ascertain and to see if these things were so. Right, so basically to ensure that Shaul's word that he was preaching was in alignment and perfect harmony and synchronicity with the word of King Yahweh found within the kingdom of heaven's constitution. And so the very wise doctor was talking about this particular article, Yahshua's Sermon on the Mount. If in Matitya 5, Article number 41. Right? If somebody compels you to go one mile, go with them two. And I began to research. I came across some very interesting and edifying points that I want to share with you all before I hop off and conclude this particular episode. So, context is very important. 
during this time, Yahshua's popularly called the Sermon on the Mount in Galilee. During this time, Israel is under the occupation of the kingdom of Rome. And the more and more I read and study this particular time period of Yahshua and his kingdom of heaven ministry and Yahshua Hamashiach the Messiah he was engaged in his kingdom of heaven ministry during the Roman occupation and this occupation was the more and more I look into it reading books like Judea Trembles Under Rome by Dr. Rudolf Windsor and looking at the pen of Flavius Josephus um, his Hebrew name is Matikia ben Yosef or some say Yosef ben Matikia seeing that the kingdom of Rome was very oppressive to my Israelite people my Israelite ancestors and so just to contextualize this even more I think this article is going to pop off the page for a lot of us once this is this is red right so in the kingdom of Rome constitution there is a Roman law called the law of impressment the law of impressment what is this law Comprised of what does it constitute? The Roman law of impressment is when a Roman soldier could legally, according to the Kingdom of Rome's constitution, coerce, force, or command any Yahudi, any Israelite to carry their load this Roman soldier could walk up to anybody any Israelite and say hey, hey you yeah you right there carry this load carry this backpack carry my sword carry my shield, my armory my weaponry which could weigh sometimes up to one hundred pounds now I weigh about 135 but this load this, or this backpack or these entities that a Roman soldier could say hey you Israelite carry this for me and you have to do it or else there could be dire consequences, right? So they had to carry this, these Roman, these Roman entities, Roman load, Roman backpacks from the Roman soldiers, the oppressor, for up to 1,000 paces, which is equivalent to one Roman mile, right? And so when I read this, 
I was like, wow. Yeshua is really getting people to change the way that they think. Because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Yeshua is really advancing the good news message in his Sermon on the Mount. And of course, throughout the entirety of his kingdom of heaven ministry. But this is so counterintuitive. I mean, can you imagine? Let me let me go here for a second. Let me go to the Constitution. Let me go to Matitya or Matthew. And let me go to subsection 10. Okay. And so I want to read Matitya or Matthew, subsection 10, articles 1 through 4. Okay, so a reason it says this. It says, And when he had called to himself his twelve disciples, Yahshua did, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Right? Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first is Shimon Bar-Yona, who was called Peter, and Andrew, Andrew Bar-Yona, his brother, Jacob ben Zebedee, and Yochanan ben Zebedee, his brother, Philip Bar-Tolmai, some know him as Bartholomew, Thomas, Matikia, the tax collector, so he used to, he used to work and collect taxes for the oppressive kingdom of Rome. But he's not doing that, doing that anymore, being a disciple of Yahshua HaMashiach. Yaakov ben Hophai and Lebeus, whose surname was Thaddeus. And now article 4 is what I want to highlight. And Shimon the Zealot and Yahuda Iskariot or Judas Iscariot who also betrayed Yahshua. Shimon the Zealot, Zimon HaKanana in the Hebrew tongue. Shimon HaKana in the Hebrew tongue. Shimon the Zealot. That's what I want to hone in on. Can you imagine these words of Yahshua and Matitya 5, Article 41 falling upon the ears of Shimon HaKana, Shimon the Zealot? Now, zealots didn't care for Rome at all. And that's putting it very conservatively and in a very tame manner. Can you imagine him hearing this from his now rabbi, Yahshua HaMashiach, him having to put his dagger away to not want to Heal Romans in close to close hand to hand combat. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to do I'm gonna have to do an episode about zealous as well. How uh, they they too need to change the way that they think 
because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And I think it's safe to conjecture that we still have zealots amongst the Israelite nation today. But can you imagine that? This guy who's been trained in the philosophy of the zealots, he has to lay that down, has to change his mindset, change his thinking, because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. So, if you, Shimon, Hakanah, Shimon the zealot, encounter a Roman soldier and they say, hey, you, yeah, you come here, carry my load, carry my backpack, carry this, carry that, and you walk with him one mile, and walking with him that one mile is obligatory, those 1,000 paces. So it's very inconvenient. So you're doing what you want to do. I mean, just imagine. Can we put ourselves really quick in the sandals of these people in Israelite and in, in biblical antiquity? These Israelite people, they were real human beings. They were three-dimensional characters living real lives, having to take care of real family, connected to real social networks. And so imagine... You're engaged in your carpentry or you're engaged in your stone masonry. You're engaged in your trade. You're fishing as an Israelite man or Shimon Hakana, Shimon the Zealot. Now, it's very interesting. It's funny to me. The Chosen, which I may I may do an episode about the Chosen too. <laughs> and shine a kingdom of heaven worldview on that as well, too. I'm entertaining different topics in my head as we speak. But the Chosen portrays Shimon HaKana, Shimon the Zealot, as like shadow boxing with his dagger. Can you imagine him just shadow boxing and a Roman soldier taps him on the shoulder and says, hey you, carry this. And puts his Roman weaponry upon him. Says, alright, let's walk. Along with the heavy tax, the oppressive heavy taxation, this was just another harsh, inconvenient microaggression that was levied upon my Israelite, Israelite ancestors during the time of Yahshua Hamashiach in the first century AD. So you're doing what you want to do while you're fishing, trying to get fish to trade that in and to sell it for shekels and to bring in currency monies for your family to provide as an Israelite man then a Roman soldier can walk up to you and he doesn't care about inconveniencing you because he doesn't view you as a you're not a citizen in his kingdom that he belongs to right because Israelites in that time they were not citizens of Rome they were subjects they were treated like Roman subjects they were looked down upon. But can you imagine Yahshua Hamashiach, Yahshua the Messiah, saying this, saying, okay, they can tell you to go one mile, go with them too. We have more evidence that the soldiers, Roman soldiers did this. When we look at, excuse me, look at Matthew, Matitya. Section 26 in the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution. I'm sorry, we look at subsection number 27. And we look at 
I want to read for us articles 26 through 32. Last article is what I really want to highlight. But let's get some context here. Then released to them Bar Abba, which is Hebrew for or Aramaic for Bar meaning son, Abba meaning father, son of the father. Which is ironic because Yahshua truly is the son of the father. To them. And when he had scourged Yahshua, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers, the Roman soldiers of the governor, Pontius Pilate at this time, took Yahshua into the common hall of the governor's house. Right? Took him there and gathered to him the whole band of soldiers and they stripped Yahshua and put on him a scarlet robe and when they had plaited a crown of thorns they put upon his head and they put a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee before Yahshua and mocked him saying, so it's like a mock coronation of a king, what they're doing right now, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Right? Article 32. And they spit upon him. Wow. And took the reed and hit him on the head. And after they had mocked Yahshua, they took the robe off of him. Right? So they took off that the robe they put on him. Right? The scarlet robe. And put upon him his own clothing. And led him away to crucify him. Now here's the last article 32. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Shimon by name, him they compelled the Roman soldiers compelled him to carry Yahshua's crucifixion stake so this was a real existential reality back in the first century during Yahshua's time and during his kingdom of heaven ministry and Yahshua was woke to this Yahshua was cognizant, cognizant as to what was going on around him he was not oblivious, he was not negligent, he was not naive, but he was woke to the oppressed state of his people. He was woke to the oppression that was being levied upon his Israelite people through Baya, the belt that King Yahweh used, which was the kingdom of Rome. Because it was ultimately a covenantal curse. to be subject to another kingdom, a foreign kingdom, a foreign Gentile nation, a foreign Gentile government that was trying to colonize them and to cause them to relinquish their Israelite identity and to become fully and wholly and thoroughly Roman and in their mind and in their speech and in their actions, in their lifestyle, right, to adopt the culture of Rome. But of course, Israel fought back. 
But I want to end with this, citizens of heaven. Can you picture this? A Roman soldier walking up to an Israelite, Israelite man, let's say, who's in the middle of fishing, says, hey, you, carry this. And he loads what he wants, what he wants him to carry. His load, his backpack, what have you, there, his weaponry. Which can weigh up to 100 pounds. He has to walk a mandatory, obligatory 1,000 paces, which is equivalent to one Roman mile. And then he stops. Once he gets, once he reaches that 1,000th step, he can stop. He can put the stuff down and go back to what he was doing, go about his day. But can you imagine the Israelite man who has citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, who believes the good news? The Yahshua is preaching in the Hebrew tongue, which would be Shubu, Kihagia, Makutashamayim. Change the way you think, change your thinking, change your mind, because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And he believes that. He believes Yahshua is the Messiah. He gets immersed. He's born from above through water and the Holy Spirit, the governor of heaven. And he now has citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. And he's now honoring the laws of heaven, not just to the letter, but doing his best to honor the spirit. Of the law, the original intention, the original idea, the original purpose of that law that King Yahweh, the lawgiver, intended, that's undiluted by religious commentary by man and Pharisaism. And he doesn't just walk one obligatory mile, but he says, hey, let's walk one more mile. And he picks up. Roman sword, Roman shield, the heavy artillery, the backpack that weighs up to 100 pounds, and he walks another thousand paces. Can you imagine the impression that can have upon that Roman soldier? Can you imagine the influence, the impact it can have on him? Thinking, man, this Israelite man, man is supposed to hate me. I'm oppressing his people. I don't care about their laws. I don't care about their synagogues. I don't care about their kagim, their feasts. I don't care about their moadim, their appointed times. I don't care about their Torah scrolls. I don't care about any of that. He's walking another mile. I believe Yahshua is trying to help us to understand citizens of heaven. That, that first mile, yes, is inconvenient. It's obligatory and it's mandatory. But that second mile is when we can really have an influence, an impact on someone, and impress upon them that they too need to change the way that they think. It can open a door for a conversation. It can soften their heart. It can break up that fallow ground for us to sow kingdom of heaven seeds. And perhaps they, too, will change the way that they think. Because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Till next time. Shalom.